0: Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms because both it and the comic are truly outrageous. And this is truly more of a space opera uh, than I had ever dreamed of. Gem and the Holograms annual number two, a.k.a. an exquisite
1: corpse. If you don't know what an exquisite corpse is, they do helpfully explain it on the first page. But as an English major, I can also tell you what an exquisite corpse is because I had to do a ton of them uh basically it's where you write something uh and after writing a couple paragraphs generally you cover up everything that you wrote except for maybe the last line or the last paragraph depending on what you're doing hand it to somebody else so all they see is that last paragraph and they write for a couple of paragraphs and then do the same thing to another person and you just keep passing it around so in the end you come up with a hodgepodge of a terrible thing and
0: it's great Except in this one, it seemed like they at least had a a slightly bit more direction. Also, it's worth noting that the folders on the Starlight Girls computer are, among others, Cat GIFs, Starlight Girls Logo 7, and something that says Starlight Girls something raw, which suggests footage of some kind. So yeah, they are officially calling themselves the Starlight Girls. Also, this is the first time that we have seen the Starlight Girls since Dark Gem. Specifically, this is the first time we've seen the Starlight Girls since they went goth
1: in Dark Gem. We think? Did we ever see them go goth? Well, we saw them get hit by the virus, but we never saw the after effects of that. So I was still worried about the Starlight Girls 2K17, but now I'm not really worried about the Starlight Girls 2K17. So they're okay, I guess. And
0: they're making fanfic, so they're more than okay. They're probably fine. No, like, lasting trauma or anything. Either that or they just channeled all of their trauma into writing some uh, incredible space adventure. I also really, really appreciate that they said, I'm going to do a Kimber Stormer story and not a Stimber story. You're not a fan of that one, are you? I am old school. You either put a slash in there or you don't bother. None of this portmanteau newfangled, get off my lawn. So yeah, the Starlight Girls are going to do a group story that involves a whole bunch of kissing between Kimber and Stormer. (laughs) Also, they're surprisingly good at drawing comics. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So one thing to know going ahead in this annual is that everything's written by Kelly Thompson. We've got a lot of different colors as well and artists for every different one. So we're going to be looking at a lot of different people and a lot of different styles uh, with the same voice, essentially. Also, our opening and closer, that is going to be our new artist on Gem. So let's start this out with an exquisite corpse with art by uh, Giselle Lagasse and colors by Jason Millett. So uh, the Starlight Community Center is still standing. Somehow. Despite all the events of Dark Gem, everyone seems okay. They probably had to wipe a lot of goth poetry off the walls. Uh, this is also out of canon, we should probably note. This does not take place in any specific place and time. Yeah, I think they learned their lesson with the Christmas special. And last annual, too, hinting towards Dark Gem stuff. Though that was pretty cool.
1: This still totally happened, though. This is supposed to be the band rehearsal for the Starlight Girls, but we have no Starlight Girls. Are we we on time? Yeah, we're on time. It's the right day. They're just late. I really like Kimberson. No, wait. I have no idea what day it is. Kimber
0: works from home. And then they all find a comic book. Yeah, Kimber just looks over, sees this thing. And it's kind of weird that the first thing she notices is the words exquisite corpse and not that it's herself and her sisters drawn on the cover.
1: But mostly herself. Mostly herself and her sisters drawn in space outfits too. Yeah,
0: because this is the cover of the annual that she's looking at. I also kind of like Kimber's like Wolverine sideburns. Like this particular haircut is a thing. I'm super into this. And it's called A Starlight Girls Exquisite Corpse Fan Comic Starring Gem and the Holograms.
1: That is a long title. Well, they are like 13 collectively. So Shane explains what exquisite corpse is and talks about how they did it once for a fashion outfit thing.
0: Which is actually a nice way to visually represent it without having to sort of go in and explain different literary versions. And oh god, this dress is magnificent. Woof. Now, now, Kit, you talk a lot about wanting to steal the fashions from, uh... Yeah, from no. This, no. No? No, never. Never, ever, ever. Never. That is a nightmare. And it looks like the way that this one is structured is, yeah, the same sentence ends the first story that begins the next story. And Jericho's the only one who says, maybe we shouldn't just read this thing that looks a little private. And Kimber's like, but we're in it. And they open it. We got this really great kind of goofy panel of them all opening the comic and like speed lines coming out of it and then all going, ooh, complete with, like, Jerica peeking over Shayna's shoulder. It's it's pretty good. Like, this comic does not take itself seriously at all, and I love it. So speaking of not taking itself seriously, let's get into the first story, which is just appropriately titled Kimber. This one has art and colors by... Wow, prepare for me to mispronounce a whole bunch of names for the rest of this episode, I'm sure. MJ Barros is the both art and colors of this one. And wow, this one's intense. Pizzazz gets to be queen of the universe, finally. A lot of this is backstory here, and I really, really love it because, like, all of the characters are, like, in black silhouettes except for their makeup, clothes, and hair. It's really great. I especially like Blaze off to the left there. Yeah, she looks really good. And Stormer. Stormer with her adorable hair. I really like Jetta
1: here. Jetta's basically
0: Pizzazz's war machine. Everybody's got kind of a Klingon thing going on here, and it's really great. Oh my god, shoulder pads. When are shoulder pads coming back? When are shoulder pads with knives coming? When can we just dress like the freaking Super Mario Brothers movie every day? Well, I mean, nothing's stopping you right now. I need to learn how to glue things onto shoulders. So Magistrix Pizazz took over the universe. She was powerful and much beloved. But flawed as all leaders are. And there was also a rebellion led by another music band. Dressed like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. In space! A group of renegade pop star space princesses. I really badly need Gem's jacket in this. I need a lot of this. Just this entire look is yes. Stormer's dress in particular, just the like lovely off-the-shoulder look with a gigantic freaking Warcraft pauldron on one shoulder. Yeah, that's good. That's my hashtag aesthetic. Yeah, I, I could have guessed that, yeah. Also, as in all realities, Stormer and Kimber make out. Kimber, who is the youngest and fiercest of them all, made out with Stormer, who is Magistrix Pizazz's most trusted advisor. With her heart broken by betrayal, Magistrix Pizazz banished Stormer to a place nobody would find her ever again. And holy crap, cut out her own heart. That's metal. Look at this friggin' panel! She is crying purple tears as she holds her own
1: heart. And that is where our story really begins.
0: And now we cut to a pastoral scene of two lesbians running together in a field holding hands. More comics like this, please. More space lesbians, please. Stormer, I love you so much I could explode. Stormer's like, that sounds messy, but I love you too. Smooches. They make out and then Kimber wakes
1: up because that
0: was a prophetic dream and she knows how to find Stormer.
1: Oh my god, I know where Stormer is. And then we watch Kimber waking up and getting dressed in her space outfit. It's like a Han Solo belly shirt setup. It's pretty good.
0: I'm not gonna lie. This is the kind of crap I love. Stupid belly shirts, big chunky pants, and comfy looking jackets. And of course, just eating ramen. And barely awake. Kimber's like, fire up the ship. I know where Stormer is. Honey, how do you know where she is, asks Sheena, the mom. He was like, I have psychic powers now. Don't worry about it. And then with or without you, I'm going there to bring her home and make out with her until I cannot even feel my lips anymore. So they're going to the planet of lost souls. Jem says that place is no joke, but I don't know. This feels like a pretty good joke to me. Planet of lost souls. And it's also shrouded in mystery. So it's not as easy as just flying to the planet of lost souls. And Jim's like, oh, okay, yeah, we can, uh, we can at least, like, put that in the plan we already have. And Kimber's like, there's a plan? Someone tell me the plan? And they explain the plan to her and she's like, that's never gonna work. But we got to bring Stormer back. Pizazz must be stopped. And then they're all looking at the TV, which is full of like anime people from anime planet running away from Planet Pandora, where a battalion of mecha spiders were sent in to quell a recent uprising. That is magnificent. Of course, Pizazz has mecha spiders. And then Kimber asked the important question. Shayna, what is all this fluffy pink stuff anyway? And just how is it going to get us to the planet of Lost Souls? And that's the line that the next participant in the story gets. Which I think is Ashley. Yeah, in-universe, this is Ashley out of kayfabe. This is drawn and colored by M. Victoria Roboto. I really love her style. Oh my god, right? It's so cute. So yeah, there's there's a great big fluffy pink fursuit essentially that Kimber's is gonna have to wear
1: it looks like a thneed from the lorax kimber says no way and, and shana points out yes you're the tallest it's the only thing i could make to fit you on such short notice and then they're not headed to the planet of lost souls they're instead headed to
0: jetter which is a bagel with bacon in it it's a very good planet there's nothing in physics so far that says that a planet can't be taurus shaped
1: but is there anything in physics that says a planet cannot be a bagel? At that point, it just becomes like
0: a budget and fabrication problem. I don't think a giant bagel would be naturally occurring, although in an infinite universe, everything must exist. Also, it turns out this is a gladiator planet. And Aja's got this amazing Mad Max gladiator outfit. Oh yeah, it looks super good. She's also just carrying a guitar, presumably with which to hit people. I don't think it's ever explained why Shana, Jem, and Kimber are in costumes and Aja's just kind of in her butt kicking outfit. But I mean, in the style of an exquisite corpse, that does kind of make sense. A lot of times with those, you'll just sort of take what you have to do and then quickly derail it in the thing you want to do. And yeah, Aja is off to gladiatorialize. Gladiate. It's great. I also love this like little alien announcer dude. With his little bow tie. So he announces Aja and then Aja whispers into his ear hole for who she wants to fight. And the announcer's like, I don't know if that's gonna be okay. And then Aja's like, yo, Jetta, get down here and fight me. And we switch to Jetta and Roxy, both with the most amazing hair. Jetta's got like a Fifth Element style unicorn horn of hair. She got a ruby rod going on. And Jetta's like, no, we're retired from the gladiator ring. And I was just like,
1: what are you, chicken? And Jetta's like, I will fight you on the moon. If I win, you have to answer one question for me. If you win, Jim and the Holograms never play again. Done, says Jetta. Meanwhile,
0: we switch back to the other holograms and none of them knew Aja was going to do that. So they both jump into the ring in their amazing outfits. And the rest of this is just fighting. It's a whole page of fighting. Goofy cartoon fighting. It's amazing. It's really good. I really like this style for just like goofy cartoon fight. Especially the face on Jetta in like the fourth panel with the little dots for eyes it's two dots in a straight line that's her face and also Aja wins
1: because Aja is best at the risk of being beheaded for treason says the alien the winner by way of knockout is Aja
0: whoa Roxy comes down to collect Jetta, and most of the panel is taken up by her hair which is great most of every panel is taken up by her hair and she just like consoles her by being like shh, shh. you did great Aja is dumb so what's your dumb question Aja <laughs> How do I solve the mystery of the Planet of Lost Souls?
1: They argue with each other about whether or not to tell. It was wrong to send Stormer there, so I totally want
0: to tell. Yeah, I do too. Roxy uh, starts whispering in Aja's ear. That's our line that carries over into the next chapter. To rescue Stormer and get through the mystery surrounding the Planet of Lost Souls... You have to... Be pure of heart and have good intentions? Seriously? And this is our Sheena story with art and colors by the same artist again. And this is, a uh, I'm really sorry. Katarzyna...
1: Wittersheim? Sorry? So Shanna points out we're not some people where Jim and the Holograms are full of good intentions and pure of heart. And that could be our band name, in fact. And Jim says, accept, and everybody looks at Aja. And she's like, hey, now I'm perfectly pure and good intentioned. Listen, just because I'm the sassiest and the sarcastic doesn't mean I'm not as good as all of you. I defy that planet not to let me through. And Aja just... And it's the light speed button. And then they get to the planet
0: of Lost Souls, which looks, quote, grim. I mean, it's kind of the color of, like, an old olive. It looks like the planet's gone off. It looks like it's been in the fridge too
1: long. And it's shrouded in mist. And also, it turns out that Shayna is, like, a Betazoid. Also, they're like, are you sure you don't want us to drop you off somewhere, Aja? And she's like, I'm box solid and all of you are going to apologize to me in five minutes. Five minutes later, ha! You all owe me apologies.
0: You're totally pure of heart and good
1: intentioned.
0: Damn right. And then Kimber's like, I wonder how long it'll take me to find her. And then they immediately after she gets off the boat. Kimber! Stormer! And they run across a field to each other. Well, that was fast as Chena. She's got a ball and chain around her ankle. She's moving pretty fast despite that. She's had a lot of time to figure out how to move around with that thing. And then we bring her into the space kitchen where she gets the nice cozy blanket blanket and some tea. As she deserves. And they explain that, you know, having Pizzazz in charge of the universe totally sucks now. Yeah, it's gotten really bad. It's almost like like she doesn't have a heart. And they're like, okay, so where's her heart? Maybe we can like put it back. And Shane is like, huh? She's got this huge ball and shade around her ankle. I wonder. And Shane up being a basoid is an empath and it's like I can sense a heart in there. Yeah, there's totally a heart in that. Yeah, it's a heart space thing don't worry about it and then shane is like okay so let's fix this by giving pizzazz her heart back one painful hour later oh god she's got a bandage around her ankle they took a hacksaw to that thing that
1: went horribly wrong i thought we had space technology for this nope hacksaw so they're trying to figure out how to open up the ball and aja offers that she can just nuke it from space
0: no <laughs> aja really wants to nuke something from space I think it wants Stormer's tears, her regret. (laughs) And Stormer's like, I can't just cry on demand. And I really like this scene because they all just sort of empathize with pizzazz. Yeah, it's it's really cute. And then she cries on the ball and it cracks open. It just pops open like an egg. Yeah, and then the heart pops out like Zelda style. Like an actual freaking heart. And then disintegrates. And that's our carryover line. And then we get into the last story, which is Gem. And This is Art and Colors by, again, sorry, Savannah Ganacho. Sorry. Oh, well, at least it's equal opportunity mispronunciation on your part. Doesn't matter which culture they come
1: from. Annie can't pronounce it. <laughs> it's true. I'm terrible. Pizzazz's heart is crumbled to ash. And Kimber says, how are we supposed to put it back inside Pizzazz when it's crumbled to ashes and worthless? And she just like folds her arms and glares at everybody who is
0: just sort of hanging out and has no idea. I also love that Kimber is wearing Nightcrawler's costume. That's what it is. I've been trying to figure out what it reminded me of. We need to put on a show and Aja, we need everyone to hear it. And Aja's like, no offense, Jay, but I don't think now's the time for a show or for music.
1: Wrong, Aja! We always need music, and I think right now it's when we need it more than ever. It's one of the only things that can move the soul, maybe even save the soul, and maybe even regrow a heart. And for us, for this universe, nothing less will do.
0: I like how the fact that nobody knows anything about Jem means that the Starlight Girls have basically fabricated a personality for her. They decided that she's the leader who makes speeches and stuff. Jem is constantly falling apart at the seams, frankly. But nobody knows that about her, especially not the starlight girls. So as far as they're concerned, she's the leader archetype. Well, I mean,
1: Aja does machines. Also, Shayna then says, hell yeah, to the speech. And Kimber goes, oh my god, Shayna cussed. This is serious. Oh, 14 year olds. So
0: they are actually just going to friggin' like planet Pizzazz. It is painfully close to Pizzazz's actual current location. They're all definitely getting arrested and Shane has decided not to cuss again right before they go out to an incredible show. She's like, darn it. They're broadcasting as far out as they can get. Here we friggin' go. They step outside and they start singing and we finally get Pizzazz! Who is incredible. Oh my god, look at this outfit. She's got like a freaking cowl hood thing. She looks like a cobra. We got some really like great lighting and colors on her face too. It makes her look like a Sith Lord. Yeah, and she is constantly snarling. It's really good. And then we get this like really huge splash of everybody singing, especially Stormer. This is also a new song and you see why on the next page, the big splash page. It is incredibly specific because it is Stormer's song. And Pizazz starts crying. Because Stormer apologizes and says we've got to make things go back and I'm sorry you're hurt. And Pizazz gets her heart back. Her heart grew three sizes that day. I really love the lighting in this page where she gets her heart back because it feels, especially with the way that the tears are drawn, it's very Miyazaki to me. With these big sort of wet globs of light and energy and the way that the tears are just huge as well. I, I I really like it. In the next page, we get both the holograms and the misfits being like, everything's gonna be fine now. And I really, really, really love Blaze's like anti-gravity space joker. Also, Clash is here and she doesn't have any lines. She's not a real misfit fine. I like how the misfits are all just like, this was really creepy and weird. I'm glad we're done with this. Those mecha
1: spiders were like terrible. In a world far, far away, there lived a girl that wanted to rule the universe and with her shiny new heart, she did just that and everyone lived mostly happily ever after.
0: Pizzes just gets to be loved. And then we cut back to the holograms all reading the comic and Kimber's like, this is the best comic book ever made. I really like in these pages and especially the last couple of ones in this issue, the, the posing in particular, like everybody's visual language is really good in this. And then on the next page, we get like the Starlight Girls Scooby-Dooing through the door and then Bonnie runs in. Let's find out if they liked it. Bonnie, no. Hi, Jerrica. Hi, Kimber. Hi, Shanna. Hi, did you read my story? I helped out with a story about you, Kimber. I did it with Becky. Becky, come on! I love these girls. And then Aja immediately picks up on the fact that Ashley did the Aja story with all the punching. He's like, I thought you'd like beating up Jetta." I do. I really, really do. And I guess they all took a class together and read about exquisite corpse stories. And they just sort of wanted to do it their own way. And they're like, you guys have to rehearse now, though. Seriously. And Jerrica realizes a thing. Oh, freaking god this is that gem wolf story all over again kelly no bummers jerica realizes that she's not in the comic Ah, uh, but you are Jer, says Shayna because you are Jem. She's nothing without you. She's part of you. And Jerrica says, yeah, but they don't know that. I matter so little as me that I'm not in the comic, even though they barely know Jem. And I taught them how to play. Oh. oh, Jerica, And she says, I know, I know, it's no big deal. And then she leaves it on the chair. It's very sad. No bummers! Come on! We were having so much fun. We just had a space fantasy rock opera. And then you hit us with this bummer. How dare you? No bummers. I'll tell you what, this is gonna be a great way to lead into Misfits number two next week. Speaking of bummers. Oh, man. You guys, can I just talk about how much I appreciate that Kelly Thompson is able to bring us these really, really great, just goofy eyes and then just sucker punch us with a bummer? Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks. And that was our issue, except for what I actually really like is we get some process images from all of our different artists and colors. Everybody gets a page of what they did and what they worked on and how they did some process shots. And it is really, really cool to see. I love seeing like behind the scenes stuff. Stuff like that. I like seeing how stuff is made. So it was it was delightful. Every single artist who worked on this was really, really great. And it was such a good annual. Next week, Stormer Feelings. Stormer Feelings. I'm just going to go, like, cry. I'm going to go cry. I can't handle those stormer feelings, guys. I'm just going to go to a closet and just try and cry it all out so I can actually talk about it. Oh, man. But that was our annual. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll be back next week to talk about some stormer feelings with Misfits number two. Hashtag all the bummers. We are steadily chipping our way towards the Stingers
1: hit town. We are working on it. I'm very excited about getting back to the cartoon.
0: The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and youtube you can also find us on twitter and tumblr we are at the gym jam just about everywhere except on twitter where we are at Gem jam cast if you like what we do and you want to support us a like rating review subscribe comment wherever you find our podcast is always great it helps us get noticed it helps our metrics uh, especially on itunes because they don't give us that information and it makes us feel good because it's nice to be liked and rule the universe with a shiny new heart with shoulder pads Also, you can give us money on Patreon.com slash The Gem Jam for as little as a dollar a month. Helps us out and allows us to do other side projects like our other podcast, I Will Fight You. And until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been The Gem Jam, where we remind you, there is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is outrageousness.